Welcome to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. We have another special guest on the podcast today. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. Our special guest is Ephraim Judah, director of Lion and Lamb Ministries. Their ministry was founded by Monty Judah, Ephraim's father. They are pioneers in the Messianic movement, so you are in for a treat. I know that's right. To our listeners, you can email us at redpiltora at gmail.com. Follow us on redpiltora.podbean.com. Find us at our website, www.redpiltora.com, as well as on Facebook, Twitter, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Deezer, TuneIn, Spotify, Listen Notes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and now YouTube. We love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Feel free to make a comment or ask a question. And we want to send a big shout out to our friends in Arizona and California. Amen. So, Miss and I and our sister Karen met a lot of wonderful believers at Tabernacles 2020. While there, we reached out to the event leaders, asking if we could speak with someone on the podcast. They were so gracious to us. We enjoyed a surprise visit from Brother Ephraim Judah. It was a great blessing to talk with Ephraim about some fundamental questions that are of interest to other believers. This is one of several podcast episodes Ephraim recorded with us. Tim, I think you have everything queued up, so roll the tape. Okay, so let's get into it with uh, Brother Ephraim. So, um, I understand now you're the director of Lion and Lamb Ministries, is that right? Yes, I am. Um, my Lion and Lamb Ministries started back in 1995, about 25 years ago, uh, with my father, Monty Judah, mm-hmm. getting it started. And uh, I've basically been there since the very beginning. Uh, officially became an employee in 2002, um, but I've been at it for long enough that uh, my father, he's uh, starting to feel the leading of the Lord to uh, take a step back, kind of retire, semi-retire. He's still around to teach, um, but he turned the uh, directorship over to me. Uh, January 2020. Wow, well congratulations and uh, thanks for all the great ministry work that you and your father and your family and the good people here have been doing. It's really awesome and uh, we've been blessed by it for many years so thank you for what you're doing. Uh, We were talking a little bit before we started recording and it occurred to me that you all are in a very strategic place in the body and uh, that's a lot of responsibility. Um, Tell us, where is uh, Lion and Lamb going and uh, how do you fulfill that calling um, and, and what is that calling from your perspective? Well, um, being in ministry is an, is an incredible calling on one's life to have a desire to serve the Lord and serve the body. We're simply under shepherds. We're just servants that serve the master of the universe. And it's our job, our responsibility to minister to the brethren however the Lord would see fit. Um, the ministry is always changing. We've always been a part of the messianic movement. We've never really even stick staked claim to a certain denomination you know whether we thought we were messianic jews or or messianic israel or hebrew roots or any of these things when it's all said and done it's been a movement and a change that has grown uh, over the years whether it was a time in which we were focusing more on eschatology end of the world prophecy things like that or at a point where we teach torah we have a, 
a heart to teach the first five books of Moses to the brethren, um, you know, where in every city Moses should be taught in the synagogues, and yet you go to some cities and it's hard to find that. Plus, as believers in Yeshua, ha after, um, you know, coming to faith in the Messiah through the Christian church, my father, he was a Baptist minister back in the 80s, when the Lord finally bonked him on the head, told him to uh, be a Jew, he knew they were going to kick him out, and sure enough, they did. And uh, then in 95, we, we started the ministry and just it, it took off from there. The, uh, there's a great responsibility on the shoulders of anyone who does ministry. There's a higher standard that we have to hold ourselves to in everything that we do. Amen. And we have to always learn to uh, be reverent to the Holy Spirit. It's not a ministry or a business of man. It is not uh, for the glory of man or for to, to make money or to earn dollars or anything like that. It's to do the work of the Lord. Whatever purpose He has for us to serve the body, that's, that's what we're here to do. We're looking forward to the kingdom to come one day uh, at the same time there's a lot of work to be done in the hearts of so many believers day in and day out um, my heart as as things have gone on and things have progressed my heart is being led by the spirit to focus more on fixing the heart the spirit the soul conditions that we all have as believers we've got to repair the the family in in this country, in the world, um, we got to teach fathers to be better fathers, to be better husbands, teach mothers and encourage them to be better mothers, better wives, and to encourage the children because there, there's so often we, we can talk all what, that we want about the commandments of God and celebrating the feasts, but that doesn't, that doesn't help the family from you being broken left and right in all different kinds of places we got to get back to bringing that covenant together because the covenant that we have with our fellow brethren family members is an example and a type and a shadow of the covenant that we have with our heavenly father Amen. and if we can't figure out what we can see if we can't love our brother what we can see how can we ever claim that we love the god that is on the invisible god mm -hmm. and that's that's new testament stuff that's that's right out of the scripture so that's really where my heart is and that's the work that needs to be done on a day in day out basis right along with uh, keeping the feasts, keeping the Sabbath, uh, teaching people to keep Torah, to understand what it is to uh, follow the words of Moses, the law of Moses, the covenant given at Mount Sinai. Mm -hmm. And that is how we live. We, that's how we walk uprightly before the Lord. It's a lifestyle. It's not a big list of do's and don'ts, but it's a lifestyle to live out and walk out your faith uh, with the Lord day in and day out. Now, I've got a question. Um so when we started out in the walk, we bumped into a lot of different factions, some of uh, whom say the Torah is not for us. You know, if we're not um, native-born Jewish, you know, uh, you know, what's your problem? You know, th this isn't for you. You don't have to do all that stuff. Just, uh, just roll with the Noahide laws. Is that, that what mm -hmm. they would say? You know, just stick with it. We couldn't find Noah hide in the Bible, nope. by the way. I'm sure Noah had a good hide, too, by the way. <laughs> we just couldn't find Noah hide in the Bible. So um, uh, what can you tell our listeners about whether this Torah thing is for us or not? No, you're serving this one up to me on a silver platter here because this is something that I have been so passionate about ever since I first heard the idea, the concept. Some people might call it one law. Some people uh, might call it the, that uh, Torah is for all people. It's something that I am absolutely 100% a proponent of. The Torah was given at Mount Sinai through Moses to the children of Israel, but that children of Israel was not just native-born. It was a mixed multitude. There were Egyptians that came out with them. There was 
Ethiopians. There was every, and they were all adopted into the tribe, and they were all given equal shares to the kingdom. They were adopted into the tribes. As time has gone on, we have become a people that is all about identity. We have to have an identity. We want to know where we come from. We want to know what our last name is. The great thing about believing in God is that it does not matter who your father and your mother was. It does not matter what your heritage is. We are all adopted into the family of God by our faith in Yeshua the Messiah. Paul talks about this in Romans. We've all become heirs to the kingdom and sons of the living God through our shared faith in Yeshua the Messiah. Nothing of the blood running through your veins has anything to do with that and being welcomed into the family of God. There is a heritage heresy that has been gone out that has gone out through all the nations that we somehow your whatever your birthright or your last name is somehow grants you extra favor over someone else. And unfortunately, some of my Jewish brethren they emphasize that Jewishness, that Jewish heritage that they have. There's not evangelism in Judaism to try and go and make bring more people in to the covenant with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There are blessings of keeping the covenant, the blessings of the Torah, the blessings of the covenant given to Moses at Sinai. And so they want to kind of sometimes keep that to their self. They've been persecuted over many years, and no doubt about that, they, they, they've become closed off and, and rather than being open-minded to strangers coming in through the door. They're hesitant on that, and understandably so. At the same time, there's brethren that have come into this faith. They want to have grow their covenant with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So they go to walk into a synagogue or a, even a messianic Jewish synagogue and they feel like second-class citizens because they're not native-born. Of course, they'll welcome into the service and, you know, take your donations and things like that, but they'll say that, oh, well, we have a special privilege. The Torah is for us, and you guys, you Gentiles over here, you, you don't have to do those things. I actually talked to a very prominent Messianic Jewish leader, who I won't mention his name. He said that he thought it was beautiful when a Gentile keeps the Sabbath, uh, but they don't have to. And I said, yeah, if, anybody, if, if anybody is teaching Torah as something that you have to do, then you haven't been taught Torah correctly. Because Torah is something we get to do because we get to be in covenant with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he, through Abraham's seed, all the families of the earth will be blessed, not just ones with a particular last name or a particular uh, genetic marker that 23andMe told you that you had. Mm -hmm. That doesn't matter because you are all equal heirs to the kingdom through that covenant, through that faith. So anybody teaching that Torah is something you have to do, it's not being, being taught correctly. It's something that you get to do, and you should never close off the blessings that God has for his people from a certain group of people just because they're not the exact same last name or heritage. And we should remind, of course, that you know Caleb, the leader of the tribe of Judah in the, in the, in the wilderness, going into the promised land, he was a Kenizzite. He wasn't even naturally born. Yet he was adopted in, and he was the leader of the tribe. So the heritage, the, the actual blood heritage doesn't matter. And with regard to the Noachide laws, Noachide laws is completely made up. It's kind of a, a, a list of commandments that they somehow interpret that, oh, that, those are commandments for all of, uh, all of the world that was given through our father Noah. The one that makes no sense to me is the fact that if you were going to make some Noachide laws and you were going to try to figure out what laws Noah kept, one thing that he definitely knew was clean and unclean animals because he was told to take extra on the ark and then sacrifice one when they got off the ark. So why isn't kosher a part of the Noachide laws? 
makes no sense to me if you're going to make a list of laws about Noah. So it's a completely made up list that doesn't make any sense to me and ultimately is a dividing line that divides the, the Jews from the rest of the world who we just keep drawing these lines. We have identity politics in this country. We have identity religion uh, out there that people don't want to welcome fellow brethren into the, into the promises and the covenant with our Heavenly Father. That's for sure. Can you help us with the other side though? Um, there are a lot of believers who go to church and, uh, you know, meanwhile, as their eyes begin to open to Torah and uh, we begin to see some of the things that have been made up on the Christian side, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, then we kind of, we, we catch the, the, the ridicule, right? You know, yeah. you're, you're wannabe Jews. It doesn't take all of that. You know, why would you want to do that stuff? It's not for you. Oh, you're majoring in the minors. Uh, yeah, majoring in the minors, or I think I even posed the question to your father a couple of days ago, you know, it's not determinative, meaning, uh, hey, I'm saved whether I do or don't, so what do I need to do all of that for? Uh, can you help our listeners with, with that if they're hearing that? A absolutely. When this ministry, it, we have a big database of a bunch of brethren that have that are that we associate with. We send all of our magazines to, watch all of our broadcasts. Ninety-eight percent, if not more, are all Christians, former Christians coming out of the church, not naturally born Jews or anything like that. So the Lord has brought the group of people that are coming into the faith in to believing the laws of Moses, keeping the laws of Moses, desiring to know the Torah, the commandments, looking for the deeper Hebrew roots of their faith and that's you know why there's so many brethren that identify themselves as that exact term Hebrew roots and so there are many brethren that are continuing to learn and desire to learn more about the scripture and one of the things that's great about the information age that we live in now is that nowadays if your pastor says something from a stage you can google something in 10 minutes and wonder whether he and say whether it was true or not true and what used to be the main rhetoric coming out of the christian church often was that the church has replaced israel and there was a lot of big concept of replacement theology and the lord did one thing with the jews they broke the covenant the lord did did away with them and so now he's working with the church and replacement theology has been a tenant of the mainstream christian church for a very long time in the information age today there the information has become so more prevalent that people are now studying what's actually in the Bible, doing Bible searches and actually discovering that's not nothing like that is along the lines of what God is doing with Israel. That God is not doing away with Israel. So then in that case, I'm actually, I've seen a big change in some of the uh, Christian churches that I've met some people who attend, that there's been a new reawakening, a real uh, uh, understanding, a new understanding of that the, all of that stuff of the Old Testament, this is for believers in the Messiah. It's all God's the same yesterday and today and tomorrow. Same of the Old Testament, same of the New Testament. And so there is so many people that are awakening to the idea and the concepts of the, the roots of their faith. Now, there will be those that don't like that change. Even though it's a move of the Holy Spirit in the hearts of believers to want to seek more, to learn more, there's some people that are resistant to that change and will will call people out and say, well, why are you trying to be Jewish if you're trying to keep the Sabbath or the commandments? Even though there's been Christian denominations that have kept the Seventh-day Sabbath for a very long time, you know, they still will think that you're trying, you're being Judaized or trying to convert to Judaism or trying to become legalistic. And that's that's old old rhetoric. That's old replacement theology stuff that it's all like, oh, that Torah, 
that's such a burden. What a burden Torah is, it is to you to chain yourself up and you can't do anything. Which is, again, if you're being taught Torah properly, that's not what the Torah is. It's a lifestyle. It's a, it's a, it's a way to walk uprightly before your king, the king of Israel, and to, to worship him. And so anyone that's not recognizing what the Lord is doing in the hearts of people, it, it's the Spirit of the Lord that's doing it. It absolutely is the Spirit of the Lord that is moving in the hearts of people to seek more. And so we are always wanting to welcome them in and give them a place where they can come and they can meet and they can meet brethren and we can teach them those things. The Messianic movement, let me say this, the Messianic movement is not about turning Jews into Christians or Christians into Jews. It's not this bridge that we just sort of transition them through and just sort of shuffle them through. What we're trying to find is we're trying to find truly the spirit of what God is doing in the hearts of, of brethren. And if they're seeking greater understanding that we are here to teach them those things and to welcome them with open arms, no matter where they come from, no matter what their heritage is, no matter what their former denomination is. And also this, if there's still some brethren that are still in the process of learning, but they're still ascending, attending a Sunday church, that's fine. We all were attending Sunday church. Sometimes we talk negatively about the church we left or the people that are still there that might still be keeping Christmas or Easter or the pastors that taught us or anything along those lines. The thing that we always have to remember is this. We have to afford our brethren the same grace that God afforded us when we walked in sin for so many years. Amen. And we need to continue to afford our fellow brethren that same grace. And so we got to make sure that we are not bad-mouthing one or the other, though, you know, some of the things I've said, you might think like, oh, I got issues with Jews or I got issues with Christians. The, the whole thing, it, that's, that's not the point. The point of it is we need to truly see and look at us all being sons of the living God, all children of Abraham, all who receive the blessings of the promised son of the seed of Abraham, that through him all the families of the earth will be blessed, that we're a fulfillment of that prophecy, no matter who graces our threshold or walks in the door or wherever they come from, we all need to, and, and when the, with the way the world it is today, we need as many fellow brethren, arm in arm, hand in hand, who walk with Judeo-Christian moral values side by side because there is a lot of fight out there that the world is, is coming against us That's and we true. gotta stop the infighting. We really gotta stop the infighting or we might not make it. So it's my hope that we can continue to join together with fellow brethren, be the fulfillment of, of prophetic words that begin all the way with our father Abraham, and to uh, continue to serve the kingdom, and, and may his kingdom come very soon, as will be done in all things. Amen. Amen. Amen, Daddy. I'm sure at some point in this walk, many of our listeners have been accused of trying to be Jewish, or of snubbing Yeshua's gift of salvation for work-based salvation. I think what Ephraim said clears up that misunderstanding. I trust our listeners were encouraged. I know we were. I agree, Mama. What Ephraim said puts the question on the table. What would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and badmouth the believers who don't understand you? Or would you take the red pill and continue to show them love while you plant the seeds of revival and let the Ruach HaKodesh open their eyes? Only you can answer that question. Special thanks again to Ephraim Judah of Lion and Lamb Ministries. Expect to hear more from Brother Ephraim in a future podcast and check out their teachings online. Be a financial blessing if you can. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Please go back and listen again to what we shared and talk about it with family and friends. Thank you for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Tour where you can handle the truth. truth.